I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is hour number two of In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Jared Smith. And we are looking at the world of sports. Our primary focus today, Jared, is the NFL schedule, who benefits from it, who gets hurt by it, and what are some of the quirks that we can, you know, use as trends to get a little bit of extra money. But as we always do here on SportsGrid, you know, one of the things we're doing is waiting for sports to return. A little bit yesterday, we talked about the NBA having kind of calls with their players, what that might look like. Major League Baseball, we talked about some of those proposals. But it continues. I mean, I think we're hearing NASCAR potentially May 17th at Darlington. They're going to run MLS players are also uh, kind of returning to their facilities. But Jared, something that's interesting for both of those sports, when they do come back, it sounds like they're going to condense the schedule and have multiple races or multiple matches in a week. What does that do to the players? You know, sometimes people say race car drivers aren't, you know, athletes. I beg to differ. You're in there sweating your ass off going 200 miles an hour, and now they're going to have to do it on a Sunday and then sack up and do it again on a Tuesday? Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little concerned about the, conden- the, the, the density right. of some of these plans. Uh, we're hearing things from the NBA that are kind of along the same lines. I heard a rumor that it could be a three-game series, a playoff series. No, three-game right. playoff so best series, uh, best of three in the first round and it'll be back to back to back game, you know, one Mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday type of deal. So, uh, you know, that could be a way for them to speed things up, but it also, you're right. Could be a way for them really to, I don't want to say put their athletes at risk, but put a little unnecessary stress where are we trying to fit a square peg in a round hole? I'm all for sports coming back. I do think we are going to get them back in some capacity in every vein, but you're right. Now we're, we're faced with these kind of gubernatorial decisions on how the leagues get structured going forward. 
And and that to me is going to be the next step of this. I think right now the leagues and us as fans and as and as broadcasters and as media people and as uh, all the above, uh, as we just want sports to come back, right. we want to make sure now like there has to be a voice of reason from somewhere. And where does it come from? Uh, my guess is it would be the commissioner's offices. You would hope uh, that these leagues have a have a, 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 a middle ground with getting sports back, but getting them back in a way that makes sense. And that's what we're going to have to figure out. You know, we've been talking about how these things are going to have to be collectively bargained, right? Whether it's the networks, the local governments, the players, the owners. You know, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm now hearing is in soccer, okay, they're going to come back. But think about this. If they're going to have three games in a week, you know, soccer guys run like 10 miles in a match. Jared, yeah. you know, and it's it's very odd for them to have midweek matches. You know, there's one or two in the schedule. But if they have to condense, say, the MLS schedule, they may have to have two or three games in a week. That may be a little bit too much for these endurance athletes, even though soccer guys, you know, they got a lot in the tank. We hear Bundesliga, La Liga yeah. may be coming back in the next couple of months. But I think soccer is an interesting sport to watch also because you can't have these guys running in three matches in four days. Oh, soccer is going to be one that I'm going to be very hesitant to dive back into mm. because it's already a sport where there's just such few, um, you know, you know, goals and, and, and right, moments right, right. anyways. And, and now you're at, and so I, I, I do think that soccer will be a tough one. Whereas I think basketball will be very quick to snap back because at the end of the day, these guys can go out of the court and get, you know, get buckets at any moment. And I think basketball will look the same quicker than some of the other sports. Baseball might take the longest. Baseball legit might take the longest because of the pitcher ramp up and because right. of the timing and the rhythm that's involved with hitting a baseball and pitching. And I think that could take a little bit of time. Uh, you mentioned it, soccer, endurance, that could take a little bit of time. Basketball endurance could take some time too. And I think the volume of games that they play might impact that. And that's why I think also as much as Frank Bogle's saying, yeah, it doesn't really matter that the other teams get another week or two to come back before California can, I kind of disagree. I, I think that extra week of conditioning could matter at the end of the day. An extra two weeks of conditioning could matter. So uh, I think every extra day you get in the gym, you ask Bill Belichick of every coaching minute, he does matters. Right. You know, and all of a sudden Frank Vogel's like, eh, we're okay. A couple of weeks, no big deal if the other teams get the practice and we don't. I think that's a very uh, neutral way of looking at it where I would look at it more towards urgent. We got to get back in the gym. We got to get our guys back in shape. Yeah, and we're seeing, you know, facilities are starting to open. But in the NBA, you know, load management is already a thing. Imagine with the condensing of the schedule. You know, a NASCAR guy that I talked to and trust told me that one inkling here on NASCAR, if they're going to have multiple races in a week, is, you know, think about some of the bigger teams, okay, some of the bigger race teams. Because, you know, you talk about the Penske team or, you know, Hendrix Motorsports, whatever. They have multiple cars ready to go. Right. So let's say your team gets in a wreck, you know, and you got a race in another city four days later, you know, like Jimmy Johnson may have four cars waiting for him at the next city where yeah, some of these seriously. smaller teams, you know, whether it's their pit crews or the body shop, they don't have as many resources to, you know, travel, transport, you know, to go from city to city in such short order. So it's going to be a very lot interesting leans in so many sports as they return. We do want to turn our attention back to the NFL. You know, one piece of news here, Jared, that's interesting to me, the Jacksonville Jaguars have signed a quarterback. No, not that one. Not, not one you're thinking. No, not that one either. No, 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 not him. No, not not him either. They signed Mike Glennon, Jared. They get Mike Glennon, you know, formerly Ooh. of the Chicago Bears, I mean, I formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. And Here's the thing. We've been talking about guys like Jameis Winston 
Andy Dalton. We almost connected the dots to Jacksonville there with the familiarity with former coaches, Shula. Um, we've talked about Cam Newton. I actually think what this does is tells me more about the Jacksonville Jaguars more than any of these quarterbacks. What it says to me is that the Jacksonville Jaguars have no intention of winning in 2020, Jared. Like, if they wanted to win games, they could have signed Andy Dalton with the familiarity, right, of his former head coach. But to me, and we said it before, a guy like Andy Dalton might win some games with the Jaguars. This is a six-round pick, Minshew Mania with the mustache and all that, and he was kind of having fun, a lot of Halloween costumes. But I actually think they're putting him out there to fail. All right, and I think Mike Glennon is the kind of quarterback who's this veteran presence but isn't going to actually push Gardner Minshew. This is not a Nick Foles who might win games or push him. This is not an Andy Dalton. This is not a Cam Newton. This is a quarterback who they can bring in but is no threat to what I believe is their ultimate plan, hashtag tank for Trevor Lawrence. Makes total sense to me. And, again, they also have Josh Dobbs and Jake Luton who they drafted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that's what I mean. Like, they they surrounded – Minshew with guys who are not going to pressure him and who are young. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me is, is a very important thing, a distinction to make here. Uh, they surrounded Minshew with guys who are not going to push him for this job. And I think it's Minshew's job and he'll be the starter and That's he's going to be the guy and barring him getting scooped off of the field in some capacity in some game, it's going to take a lot for him to be off the field. Cause I think right. they really want to know if he's the guy. I don't love it. I don't love the move. I don't like the message it sends to the Jaguars fan base. Uh, They did have a good draft, I think. But I think in general, this is a team that is going to massively, massively struggle uh, in 2020. And you're right. I would say that they're probably going to have the worst record in the NFL. Yep. And, you know, sometimes, and I hate to do this, but sometimes they hang lines on who might be the coach next next coach fired. You know, watch out for Doug Marone in that one. You know, this kind of also leaves one name still out there, right? Cam Newton is the name. And there's been a lot of reports this week. I even heard, I think it was Rappaport or Pelissaro was saying that, Word is he may be willing to accept a backup job. And then there was an an op-ed, I believe, in the Washington Post telling him, don't go down that route. We've talked about the landing spot of money, whether it's a guy like Jameis Winston taking the $1 million deal with a place to be groomed, whether it's Jadavion Clowney who has to find a new asking price. I got to tell you something. I think at this point, the prudent decision for Cam Newton is to wait. It doesn't look like there are any starting opportunities. Jacksonville doesn't want one. New England likes Stidham. We, we heard in hour one that you don't get that either, but it seems like that's where they're going. To me, I think you just have to wait because, unfortunately, this is still a violent sport and someone is going to go down or rehab's not going to go well, and that is going to be a path to, I think, starting reps in the NFL. I certainly I, I agree totally. Uh, I, I think the the issue with Cam right now is status. Right. And he views himself as a guy. As a starter. Who, and he that, should. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, but there's just no jobs right now. I mean, you know, it's like we are in this country right now. There's no job. Right. You know, the, 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 the unemployment rate's 14.5%. Now, do we expect that to snap back at some point? Sure. Uh, but right now, there's no jobs. And just like in the NFL, right now, there's no starting quarterback jobs. They've all been taken. And there might be one in a few weeks, in a few months, if someone oh, goes when down. Preseason happens. Yeah, there preseason. Will if you be months, a quarterback sure. that gets hurt, definitely, absolutely could happen. I just think it's going to be one of those tough spots. I think yeah. it's going to be a tough spot for Cam to come in late in the game and pick up speed. I I think it makes sense for him to sign later. 
but I think it's going to hurt him in the long run because I think he would be better off nesting right now and getting into a spot where he can compete right away. Whereas he, he has no idea when that phone's going to ring. He's going to be watching the wires just like us about who's hurt and who's not. Maybe it happens early on. Maybe it happens in the off season. But isn't that still better than kind of like painting yourself into a backup role with some team that you don't necessarily know if they're a contender or not? Like maybe you have an opportunity to choose your own destiny still here. I'm curious what the big disconnect in New England is. Um, They like Jared Stidham. Yeah, but 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 why can't Cam be like, well, I'll be next in line then? Why can't Cam slot, swallow a piece of humble pie and mm-hmm. say, and say, all right, Bill. You're I think the best Bill co- has his eyes on next year. It's the same kind of thing we're talking about Jacksonville, right? They're going to run Minshew out there, and either he's going to prove you himself think the to be Patriots a are good rebuilding for next year. And though? if not, they just tank for Trevor. I think the Patriots have a sim kind of fork in the road happening. They're going to go at it with Sidham. If he turns out that he's good, then great. They keep on rolling. If not, I think they see. This year as a unique opportunity to do it real quick with some big-time quarterbacks in the draft next year and some free agent quarterbacks that may be options as well. Um, so that's kind of the way I think. I want to mention one other quarterback name. I would be remiss. You know, you talk about Cam Newton, you know, proving himself on Instagram. We see Tua Tagovailoa on video showing his rehab. I saw rehab footage of someone else, and it was Alex Smith. Jared, I don't know I if you saw that. this. He turned, he had a birthday, and he's out there. ESPN is doing a series on him as well. He is out there as well, a former number one overall pick. I'm not saying he moves the needle, and, you know, it's a feel-good story for him to it try is. to make it More back. More that than anything else. But I he see. looks like he's going to try and come on back. And I got to tell you, I'd rather Alex Smith than, say, Joe Flacco, who's also rehabbing. Yeah, if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go Smith because I think he's the freshest. Or like a Matt Barkley or a Trevor Simeon or some of these other guys that are out there. Um, the, he looked okay. That's and I'm again, saying. we'll see what happens with pads on. Um, and again, that's why the Redskins probably weren't that interested in Cam Newton because they knew they had a guy who I think is more efficient and probably a better leader and a better teammate than Cam on the team already and Alex Smith, who they're also paying a lot of money to this year. Um I, it is a weird, I tell you, the Alex Smith situation, if he's healthy, he I'm can compete for, for that job. If he's healthy, he can compete for that job. If I'm he's healthy. for him. I mean, he turned, I believe it was 36, and he put up this video working out. He looks all right to me. You know, if you see him working out right there, I mean, he looks like he can still get it done, or at least that he is on the road to recovery. So, you know, if nothing else, I wish him luck. And when we come back here on In Game Live, Jared, I have another quirk of the schedule that this time impacts contenders. I want to get your thoughts on it when we come back. It's in game live right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live. Dave Martinez and Jared Smith. Not Alex Smith, Jared Smith, <laughs> looking around for value. I, I'm telling you, it's honestly, though, it would be a feel-good story. This is a number one overall pick, right? And he was a guy, my saying with him, Jared, was he was a guy who would get you on the green, but not closest to the hole. Yeah. You know, think about it. With San Francisco, he was their lead quarterback, got him to the playoffs, and then he got Kaepernick, right, who took him the rest of the way. Kansas City, they they won games left and right, Jared. I think he actually has one of the better winning percentages of quarterbacks like in the last few decades, okay? And then what happened? A lot of playoff appearances, playoff appearances, playoff appearances, and then boom, they draft Patrick Mahomes to get them all the way, you know? And then he goes to Washington, same kind of theory, and uh, winds up having that gruesome injury. So I am certainly cheering for him. I hope he makes it all the way back. But one of the things, you know, we always talk about as we teach people how to fish, I gave you the back-to-back-to-back road games. We talk about it all the time when we handicap a game. Ooh, they're on the road Thursday night. That's going to be tough. Or, ooh, they're on the road Monday night football. You know, the, you know, the atmosphere is going to be great there. And we don't know if fans are going to be in the stands or not. But let me ask you first, do you buy the theory that it's a tough spot, and that's what we're looking for here, it's a tough spot to have a lot of road primetime games? I would rather have if I'm a bad team like the Raiders, and that's why the cork in the Raiders schedule is so unique. Yeah, well, they got to be a four in a row team. at home. Exactly, uh, they get time. four primetime games at home, and they're mm-hmm. supposed to be a sub 500 team. I don't know. I, honestly, I think the Thursday night myth is becoming more of a myth. I think teams uh, have adjusted now over the right. last few years to playing on Thursday nights. Every team has done it at some point. I'm assuming every team has done it on the road at some point. So the the, the numbers are bad. Of it, the numbers are bad for these road teams, both outright have they and against better the though. That's the thing. Have they gotten better? Has there been year over year growth? That's what I would want to look at because I think at first they were probably really bad. My guess is if you really dived into it, they've slowly gotten better. That would be my guess. I don't know, but if I had to assume, if I had to make an assumption and handicap it, my guess is the initial shock of it has faded a bit over time and coaches have learned how to better adjust their teams to going on the road and playing the good coaches at least. So 
I would, and maybe this is a deep dive that I'll do, and I'll try to figure it out, and I'll try to see if it's gotten better over the years. In fact, I'm going to do that. It's an easy thing to do. You go back, you look at the 17 weeks, you look at the road teams, you see what their record is, you compare it to the previous year, you compare it to the previous year, and you see what the YOY, year over year Mm -hmm. growth. When you are handicapping the stock market, that is the number one thing, market cap and year over year growth. If those two things go up, the stock price will go up. If those two things go down, the stock price will go down. It's as simple as that when you're handicapping fundamentals. So I'm curious if so I'm going to show you some of these teams. All okay. right. I'm going to let's apply this to some of these teams and see if you're like if you buy it or if you're telling me that speeds, you're a fugazi. Forget about it. It ain't going to matter. Mm-hmm. OK, there's a number of situations here. I'd like to tour them with you and you see it. Tell me, is this a big impact? Not an impact. Does it not matter to you? One team I think is interesting is the Houston Texans. They have only two spotlight games okay they're both on the road and they're both in tough spots it's the season opener in kansas city okay which is a game you may have given them a loss anyway and that also that doesn't count because it's a first week i would almost throw that thursday night out it's a horrible spot when the other team is is the banner you know actually you know sometimes that works in the 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 road team's favor for the the first one I think it's a bad spot for them. You probably would have given them a win in this one. Now that you know it's Thanksgiving, how about their Thursday at Detroit? Yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. I think they win that game. Nobody comes into Houston for any primetime games. I don't think it's good for Houston. I think it hurts them. I would have given them a win against Detroit. Now that they're on the road in, like, Detroit's only spotlight of the season, I'm not so sure. You know— the Thanksgiving games have not been kind to the Lions over the years. Um, I, I I would not be surprised if they – let's see what the Lions look like, but that could be a game that could get away from Detroit. Uh, I don't know what it is, man, but they just don't play well in those primetime spots. They have not played well in a long time. The Chargers have this as well. They only have two primetime games – both times on the road. Okay, they're at New Orleans for a Monday night football game, and they're at Las Vegas for one of those Thursday night football games. You know, the Vegas Raiders, you know, everyone wants to see Vegas on TV, yeah. these spots. For the Chargers, they don't get any spotlight games except two, both on the road, both in tough spots. Yeah, let me look at the Chargers schedule because I did have them going into the playoffs, and I do remember when I was looking at the Chargers schedule first glance, it wasn't that favorable for it really breaks down to this, though, because we're talking about the prime game games, Jared, and how now that you see them versus when we were just doing game by game. OK, so you were high on the Chargers. If we did this uh, two weeks ago, right, um, when we said at Vegas, you might have been like, win. Now that it's a Thursday night football game and yeah. they're on the road, for that one, do you buy that it changes that for you at all? It does, because that's also go. probably the only Vegas Raiders game primetime game that I think they have a chance to win. Interesting. Um, you know, the Chargers, to me, that Thursday situation, and I, I wish that I had these numbers in front of me. I wish I knew if, if the but numbers really have gone down. Football off, Sunday night I football loss. I'm talking about primetime games. And that Sunday game before is home against Atlanta, which helps because they're coming from L.A. and not Atlanta to go to Vegas. Here's another one. Here's another one. Our Arizona Cardinals who we're kind of high on. Remember, I told you at Dallas, that Monday night game that, you know, is the third of three in a row on the road. Their other only primetime game is a Thursday night at 
Seattle. Not a tough place to play, and now it's Thursday night football on short rest. Yeah, the Seattle. I mean, going to Seattle in prime time. It's not easy anyway, but the Arizona Cardinals won in Seattle last year. So this is a – but now it's Thursday night. I think it's harder. These Arizona Cardinals are facing some interesting quirks that I think – And also Arizona's got a really tough schedule – in the early part, because they go to Dallas on Monday night, then they have to face Seattle on a short week at home. That's brutal. That is brutal. So now they have to face out. Seattle. Both their games against Seattle are in weird spots, short Bad weeks spots. both times. Bad spots for them in that matchup. What we Bad. believe, you and I may believe, a battle for second place in that division, you know, the Arizona Cardinals might be fighting uphill for that. Let me and ask they you. They could also get up to a tough start, too. I think there are three teams here in the NFC. All right. That I consider contenders on some level, Jared. And I think you'd agree. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to talk about them. The Eagles, the Niners and the Seahawks. Would you agree that all of those teams could at least be considered NFC uh, playoff contenders? Eagles, Niners, Seahawks. Check this out. The Eagles have four primetime games. Three of them are at home. The Niners have five primetime games. Four of them are at home. The Seahawks have four primetime games. Three of them are at home. I think it's an interesting weighting of these spotlight games that they're going to get in their building, likely, and most of them are against other good teams, right? And they get those at home in the spotlight situation. I'm telling you, that helps me when I'm thinking about these teams and yes, no playoffs versus other teams that you're thinking about that could be contenders. I think the spotlight schedule slumiles on those three teams uh, in the NFC, at least. Yeah, again, the spotlight schedule, I think, only works if you are absolutely sure that this team is going to be legit. And that's why the Raiders situation is brutal. The Niners is another one that I think is on the other side of the coin. But uh, I mean, I think when you really dive deep down into these schedules, you, you really start to pull out some of these strands and you hope that some of these strands are right. I, I'm curious, movement-wise is going to dictate me a lot over the next couple weeks. But to me, the spotlight schedules, man, and, and I'm looking, I'm really diving into Arizona's schedule now. Arizona might be an under team for me, Dane. What's that? Arizona might be an under team for me. I know it's, it's at the, schedule. I, the schedule does not smile on the Arizona Cardinals. I'm telling you, the at Seattle on short weeks twice, the the three games in a row, I think it's tough for them. You know, they got to buy week eight. They start off on the road in San Francisco. That's not easy either. You know, I do not think it's easy for the Arizona Cardinals. This is a team that I did like, but, you know, the schedule does not help. Check this out. The reverse. Look at these Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers have four primetime games. All right. They have the Giants on the road week one, Monday night football. Okay, but then they get Baltimore at home on Thanksgiving night. You know, like we know Baltimore's tough, but they get the added atmosphere of, of, you know, Thanksgiving night. And I think that's helpful for them. Um, And then but they're on the road at Buffalo for Sunday night football and on the road that Monday night football game for Cincinnati. So while these NFC contenders, the Eagles, the Seahawks, they get their spotlight games at home. The Steelers have to go on the road a lot of times in these spotlight games. And we know that the Steelers are a home road team. Big Ben, there's been that narrative about how he doesn't perform as well on the road. Well, he's got them in prime time three times this season. Yeah, man, the Steelers schedule is tough too. That's not easy for them. And you also have that, you have the sandwich spot, really tough sandwich spot early in the season where your toughest game's at Tennessee, but it's sandwiched around two playoff teams from a season ago in Houston and Philly. 
And that's tough because Tennessee is going to be the jewel of that early part of the season for them to face the team that was, uh, you know, in right. the AFC championship game a season ago. That's absolutely their toughest game in the first four weeks of the season. And they have to go to Philly next week, which is a rivalry game. And then their game before that uh, is a game against Deshaun Watson, which is really tough. And then the, the good news is their game before and after the buys are both on the road. That helps because that limits the travel a little bit. Their game before the buy is at Baltimore, and then their game after the buy is at Dallas. So that limits the effects of the travel a little bit because you get that bye week in between. And in the end part of their schedule, the travel's relatively, excuse me, the travel's relatively easy. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Cleveland, that's not a very tough travel schedule at the end of the year for Pittsburgh. So travel-wise, I think they're in good shape. They don't go to the West Coast, uh, and their toughest travel two games back-to-back at Baltimore, at Dallas, which is a pretty big difference, you get the bye week in between, and those are mm-hmm. two big games. So uh, Pittsburgh's schedule, while on its paper maybe looks a little tough, travel-wise isn't bad. They don't have the three straight road games in there, and they close the season with a home game against Indy, a very winnable game, and then they go to Cleveland, which could be deciding. That could be a playoff decider, mm-hmm. wildcard decider game right there, and then they get Cincinnati in week 15. So uh, if you're looking at Pittsburgh right now in terms of the futures market, I think they're priced just right. I think they're right behind Baltimore. While Baltimore schedule is relatively easy, I like the fact that the Ravens – well, the Ravens do face the Steelers relatively late. Man, that Thanksgiving game That's Thanksgiving night. Yeah, that That's Thanksgiving game is going to be nuts. But then the other game's relatively early in the season. Yeah. It's pre-Halloween. So no Ravens-Steelers late in the year. And well, that's interesting. That's week 12. Yeah, it is. But it's not like, you know, the last – the Fair. breath. You know, it's, you know, you get five more games after that where they get to play. So, you know, it, I think, I think that game on Thanksgiving night, we'll know exactly what we need to know about both of the teams. Fair enough. You know, this also happens for the Atlanta Falcons. They only have two primetime games, and they're both against teams you maybe think they can beat on the road. But then when you realize it's Monday night football or Thursday night football, it may be a tougher task at Green Bay in week four on Monday night and at Carolina on the road Thursday night in week eight. We continue going through the NFL schedule, and we're going to start to put together a parlay card for week one. Of the NFL season, I also got a knockout play, uh, you know, because you got to survive in advance and knockout. All that and more. It's Dane and Jared here on In Game Live, giving you the edge here on SportsGrid. We look at Week One of the NFL schedule after this. Come on back. You want to get out of the gate with some wins? We'll tell you where to put those shekels. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. Dane and Jared helping you find some value in the NFL schedule. Listen, there's a lot of different threads here that you can continue to pull on, and that's what sports handicapping is anyway, right, Jared? We give you leans, we give you trends, we give you data, we give you insights, but ultimately you have to figure out which ones you want to tell, which ones you think is more important, which ones resonate with you to start to build your uh, card, right? Yeah, I mean, again, don't read too much in these lines a little bit, the week one lines, which we'll get into. Yeah, we'll get futures into Futures market, I can get into a little more. I think the futures market to me is I like to be first to move off of my initial reaction. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm going to shove all my chips into the middle. I'm putting my one-unit plays on some of these unders and some of these team totals. Uh, and then I like to see where the movement lays. And I like to – my bet is that I'm on the right side of most of these numbers by the time we get to week one, which then we can really start to get into the individual games. Sure. We'll get into week one in a second. I did want to want to ask you one more question about this primetime stuff we were talking in the last segment. You brought up, and you're right, the Vegas Raiders – they play four primetime games, and they welcome teams into the brand new, we think, shiny stadium that will be built. Because, you know, you want to showcase Las Vegas. So I guess I want to ask you, are any of the opponents the Raiders play at home, like on a Monday night or in primetime, are there any games there that you would have thought there was a loss for the Raiders, but because now it's them hosting Monday night football or them hosting Thursday night football, you might actually think that you could lean to them winning the game because of that new black hole environment. That's what I'm getting at, you know, like, and maybe that then changes you on their win total. Like they have the Saints, they have Tampa, they have Kansas City, and they have the Chargers coming to their house for the primetime game. Were any of those matchups things when we were just doing the win-loss game you would have given them a loss, but now that it's Monday night or now that it's Thursday night, you would give them a win? No. I'm looking at the Chargers game. I mean, yes, that would be the only one that I would consider. Okay. But they could be Opening so up far. the new stadium on Monday night against the Saints? No chance. No? Uh, that'll be a 10. The, 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 the Saints will be 10-point favorites in that game. Here's something you got to keep in mind. There's no home games on this Raiders schedule. They have half home games. I looked up the ticket prices for some of these games. They're astronomical. Every one of these Raider home games, every one of these Raider home games is going to be heavily attended by the visiting team. 
Exactly. So I, th- there's no Raider home games on the schedule. There's Raider games where they won't have as many fans in the stands against them as others. But for the most part, the Raiders are going to have hostile environments in all 16 of their games. It just is not going to be as hostile for the home games. I use that in air quotes. But I think overall, no, I think the Raiders are going to have a tough sledding at home. And I'd be willing to bet that their record on the road, like the Chargers last year, better than it is at home. That vision are kind of familiar with that idea of like using the silent count at home. It will obviously be a destination. You know, when the Jets schedule came out um, before and I knew that the Raiders were going to be on it. And before it was home or away, that was certainly something I was looking for. Would they be at Las Vegas? Because that could be, you know, you and me taking a weekend out there, brother man. Um, And by the way, I checked. And the Raiders will be four and a half point dogs week two, Monday night football against those New Orleans Saints. But here's what I want to do, Jared. Let's dive into week one. All right. They have the lines up for week one. What I've already described is like Christmas morning because all of a sudden you get action. Um, One of the things I like to do, if you've ever seen my show, Fantasy Freestyle, Jared, We go every week and I look at, again, these are, I'm trying to teach people how to fish, right? And I look at things like double digit spreads. Do you want to lay that many points? I look at things like the home dogs, right? Because that's another trend sometimes we look at. So that's what I want to do, Jared. There's a number of examples in week one where the home team is getting points. And this is opening day at home laying, I mean, getting points as a dog. And there's a few examples of that. And I want to know if the points are enough to make you uh, take the points with a team that's opening their stadium on opening day uh, as a underdog. So the first example of this is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jared, I got to tell you, there's been line movement already today on this. All right. The Jacksonville Jaguars were seven and a half point dogs uh, literally this morning when I was talking about uh, doing the early line with our friend Kevin Walsh. Now they are seven point dogs at home as they welcome in the Indianapolis Colts. Jared, would you take the points or would you lay the points for these Jags? They're getting a full touchdown at home on opening day with the Colts coming in. I'll say this, and this is going, this might end up being my blind trend pick uh, of the year. Since 2009, Mm -hmm. home dogs, division home dogs in week one, of one and a half points or more, which is really, you know, you're not going to find many dogs that are one point dogs. Uh, 15 and four ATS nice. since 2009. Home division dogs in week one, 15 and four ATS. Last season it happened once. Okay. Raiders covered at home against the Broncos in week one. So, so that means you're going to lean Jags plus seven. Absolutely. 100%. All right, fair enough. Guess what, Jared? I find another example of the exact trend you just said. The Washington football team at home welcoming in the Philadelphia Eagles will be receiving six and a half points week one. New coach, you know, new regime at home. Maybe the first time there'll be butts in seats there. Uh, you're going to follow this trend and take Washington plus six and a half? Yes. Okay. I'm going to blind. I'm going to I'm I'm not bucking that trend. I'll take 80%. I'll take 80%. Now, here's the caveat. Unlike previous seasons, there are more division games in week one than in previous years. So maybe it's not a blind trend. Maybe you have to pick your spots because I don't encourage just blind trend tailing. You know, I, I, I I think that you run into problems when you just use the numbers and not your handicap as the guide. The numbers should be part of your handicap, but they should not be the only thing that you handicap. Fair so enough. while I really like that trend, 
I'm not just going to blindly bet it. The red, <laughs> the skins might be the team uh, that I've hated on. Although, if I'm not mistaken, they had the same spot a couple years ago. In fact, hold on, let me pull up the it's list because I have the list. In week one, I have the list. They had a backdoor cover last season. Okay. They had a backdoor cover. No, it was two seasons so then ago. Trust your trend and take the damn points. All right, so here we go. Hold on, I want to find where this was. I want to find where this was. Um, this was. It was. No, actually, it's it's not on the list. It's not on the list. Uh, so you know what? Buy your trend. I'll stay away. I'll stay right. away. But well, if here's you another buy one. the trend, yes, you take the Redskins there. All right, here's another one. It's not the division that you're describing, but another team that's in a home dog spot. And this is a primetime game, Jared. Monday night football. The Giants against Pittsburgh. Big Ben, and we don't know how healthy Big Ben is going to be. The Giants are getting four points at home in an interconference matchup on Monday night football. You know, it's the first one on that Monday night football doubleheader. Giants getting four against the Steelers. You want the points or you want the favorite? Ooh, that's a really tough one. Yeah. That's a really tough one. I think I'm going to go Giants there. Get I think I'm going to go points. I think I'm going to go Giants and take the points on Monday night, home Monday night, right? I feel like that's kind of you got to go. I would do that. And this is why I talk about these primetime games. You know, where the home team, I think, you know, they say 3 points a home field advantage, right? In the NFL. I would I would feel comfortable saying, "Give me an extra hook." When it's a primetime game for yeah. the home team. I, I do think it matters. I wonder why the books are so low on the Giants in this spot. That's a big number. That's a it big is. number in a primetime spot. Over a field goal. Because the You're Steelers right. weren't exactly a You're runaway right. freight train last Here's what season. I'll also say. When you talk about the power ratings of it all, I'll apply you to another primetime week one game. The L.A. Rams are home dogs on Sunday night against the Cowboys, but this time by under the field goal at only two and a half. And I think, you know, when you look at the power rankings of, say, the Cowboys and the Rams, do you really think the Steelers are that much better than the Giants? I don't. I think they're undervaluing the Giants here. Yeah, I, I like I like New York. I like all the home teams. You like all these home dogs so far? I like all these home dogs. I think Even home Boston. dogs I think home dogs week one is really the only way to play it. Now, again, I'm right. not running the window right day. now. It's opening day, right? Opening day, home day, week dogs. I'm There's one other I one. I like it. There's only one other one, Jared. And it's right now it's only a point. So you never know. Oh, there's two, excuse me. There's one that's only a point. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are home dogs. Seattle's coming to town. This is listed as a one o'clock start. This is West Coast to East. This is that Georgia Dome uh getting loud. Todd Gurley returning. You know, it's a tough spot for Seattle on opening day. I might take Atlanta here, regardless of the points. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm higher on Atlanta than most this season. Okay. I'm higher on, on Atlanta than most. Okay. Um, this line's a little tricky. Man, that's a high total. Um, it is. Th- this line's a little tricky because it doesn't really give you any indication of what the books think is going to happen. It's just the books are basically saying, listen, we don't really know. Um, I would wait on this one and see if okay. it moves. Um, if this gets up to three in either direction, I think you fade the movement. I do. All right. There's one other – place where this applies, a home dog in week one. And it's interesting also, um, we're going to see a couple of potential matchups of these first-round quarterbacks, Jared. You know, there is a matchup of Joe Burrow versus potentially Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I believe it's week 13, Bengals and Dolphins. But there's another potential one in this spot, week one. Now, I don't know if both of these guys are going to be under center, but the Cincinnati Bengals are home and home dogs 
by three and a half points as they welcome in the Los Angeles Chargers in week one. Now, will it be Justin Herbert? Will it be Terod Taylor? I'm not so sure, but what do you think in Joe Burrow's debut? He'll be at home. You know the Ohio fans will be cheering for their Ohio native, and they're getting three in the hook. What do you say in this game? First star for Burrow. I'm going Chargers here. I'm going Chargers here. <laughs> it might be the first uh, star for Herbert, too. I don't think it will. I think Taylor's the guy. I think Taylor's Fair. the guy. But in that first I think Taylor for be Burrow, he's going to have Boza and Ingram on his ass. Yeah, I like this Chargers defense a lot. I think the Chargers are going to be one of those surprise teams in the NFL. And when I looked at their schedule, uh, it wasn't one of those spots where I immediately was like, eh, I don't love it. I think everything in my eyes shaped up to them having a really solid season. It really did. Um, I like. Are you going to uh, lay the points here? Yeah, I would lay here. I would. You would lay the points here in week one. One of the things that also happens every year in week one, a bunch of people get knocked out in survivor mm-hmm. pools and knockout picks. Where would you go? Because a lot of them, the big boys, I understand you want to save them sometimes. And if you don't see some of those big boys, where would you go week one to survive and advance, Jared? How about the Chiefs against the Texans? That's what I'm saying, the big yeah. boys. That's a big uh, boy. No, I, wouldn't, I won't bet out that. The gate. I won't bet that. Um, you know, let's look here. Let's see. Give me a second. Sure. Um, when you at, I'll give mine. And I, for me, it's the Arizona Cardinals. We talk about these Cardinals. I'm high on them. They are at home, and they have the Washington football team. We know there's other parts of their schedule, Jared, where there's those three straight road games, or they're in bad spots against Seattle. I think they're going to take a step forward. I think also early in the season, some teams won't know what it looks like yet, year two with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. I think they'll be at home. I don't trust Washington to go on the road and win against anybody. No, Forget about Sam being on opening one. day. Arizona, I think you're looking at two. Oh, I'm looking at week two. That's <laughs> that changes things there. You want to take Arizona week one in San Francisco? <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to go pay some bills because I'm looking at week two instead of week one. When we come back on the other side of the bake, we will have our survivor picks and other leans in the NFL schedule as we try to find value. X-Stat, don't go Arizona. They got a tough <laughs> match in week one. We'll tell you the real one when we come back. It's in game live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. Dane and Jared finding value in the NFL schedule. When we went to break, I was looking at the wrong damn week and so high in the Arizona <laughs> that I had the wrong thing, all right? So I'm going to have a different play, and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to actually show some stones, unlike Jared. So, Jared, tell everybody your safe survivor play for week Safe one. play is Chiefs, but honestly, I would be willing to take a stab on the Saints. Here's the problem with survivor. You, you, it's not just week one. You have to save some of these good teams. So you can't just go Chiefs-Saints right out of the gate. If I'm going to lose and get knocked out, I'd rather get knocked out week one taking a risk and have some of the other teams later because if you get to week 14 and then you get knocked out when you take one of those big dogs, well, then you're like, what the heck did I save them for? So I'm under the impression that I just pick a winner every week. I don't care about the future. Some people have different strategies. So I'll go with the safe bet here, and I'll take the Chiefs to win at home uh, against the Texans week one. On Thursday night, as we open up the season and hang a banner, it certainly looks like the deck is stacked. Uh, the deck is stacked for Kansas City there. And, you know, the Texans could relive their being up 24 nothing, and then ultimately losing the game like happened in the playoffs. I think there's some options here, okay? I'm going to go a little bit ballsier. I don't like usually doing divisional matchups in week one. But I think, listen, we're going to find out about the Patriots in week one against the Miami Dolphins. And maybe it's Tua's debut. Maybe it's Fitzpatrick. But it won't be in the confines of, you know, southern Florida. It'll be up in New England. I find that very interesting. Maybe I use the Patriots before we all realize that they're not usable anymore. And, you know, we talked about it before when we were talking about the big home dogs. You know, you mentioned the trend in division. And while that means ATS, the Jacksonville Jaguars may be okay. I don't think they beat the Indianapolis Colts, so I might take the Indianapolis Colts, albeit on the road against Jacksonville. I'm also intrigued by that Monday night football game, that Giants-Steelers game. I think the Giants at home week one could get it done. And for me, I'm also not 100% sure about Big Ben and his rehab. You know, early in the season may be the time to get the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as we continue to look in the schedule, and here's the thing, up against the win total, right? We're looking for value where maybe a game we thought was a win is now maybe a loss. A team that's in a tough spot, is that the difference between them making the playoffs or not? That's why I brought up the primetime games, Jared, with those NFC contenders. Yeah. Teams like the Eagles, teams like the uh, Niners, who it helps, you know, teams like the Seahawks. Could those little things be the edge to put you over the top in the NFC? And I know mm. there's one NFC contender that you actually think the schedule smiles upon out there in the Bay. Yeah, so I, I ran to the window when I saw this uh, to the over for me. I got it at minus 110 on DraftKings, over 10 and a half, the Niners uh, win total for the season. So I love the way this schedule shapes out. And again, what did we talk about? If you remember, it's been a long time. It feels like a light year. It feels like lifetime since the beginning of the show. But at the beginning of the show, you asked me, 
when do you favor the win total for a team and when do you favor the futures market for a team? And I told you the futures market to me, I want the easy part of the schedule to be at the end because it gives them a ramp up. And it also gives you an opportunity to buy lower on that team at some point during the regular season. If the hardest part of their schedule is early in the year and they struggle, then their odds will go down and then you buy it up. On the flip side of the coin with the win totals, I want to rack up those W's early in the year and get me some wiggle room so I can buy out later in the season. The snacking. Exactly. We've been selling it on the secondary market. A hundred percent. And that is what San Francisco has. They opened the season at home against Arizona, and I know that was your original year, Arizona year. Yeah, 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 that was wrong. It wasn't. You got off that. We're not picking Arizona week one on the road. We're not picking up Arizona yet. Arizona's going to lose this game against San Francisco week one. And then the Niners go on this really bizarre early season road Mm. trip right here to the Big Apple, right there behind me or on this side of the Empire State Building. Uh, And they will face the Jets and the Giants in back-to-back weeks. Well, what else can you ask for? I mean, you would expect the Niners to be 3-0 and after those three games. Well, that's perfect. I bet an over 10 and a half, and I'm going to start 3-0. and Well, then that stacks up the rest of the schedule. Oh, by the way, their next three games are all at home, yep. and they're all going to be games that they will be favored in. Philadelphia. Two games on Sunday night. Exactly. Philadelphia, Miami, L.A. Rams. I have, I can make a legitimate argument. First of all, they're going to be favored in all six games. I can make a legitimate argument that this Niners team is going to be 6-0. and And then they go to New England for a Sunday afternoon game, which is going to be a real— And then they get to the meat of their schedule. And what did we say earlier the in the show? Yeah. About the sandwich. Look at weeks 7, 8, 9, and 10. That is the meat of the schedule, and it is right in the center of this Niners schedule. Tough game at New England, but who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be. Obviously, San Francisco at Seattle is the biggest slugfest of the year. And then they get Green Bay at home, but I'm not buying the Packers that much either. And it's a Thursday night game, exactly, for Green Bay. And the Sunday game for Green Bay prior to that is against the toughest team in their division, Minnesota. So it could be a wounded Packers team limping across the country to face the Niners in a tough Thursday night spot on short rest. And then, of course, the rematch of the game of the year right. at New Orleans. But then they get the bye get after the bye that game. For the exactly. Run. So then they get the bye, and then they get the Rams again, which is obviously going to be a tough divisional road game. Buffalo at home on Monday night, you expect them to be favored. And then the last four games of this schedule is about as, I don't want to say cupcake, but it sets up nicely. They're going to beat the Redskins. That could, that could be one of the biggest spreads of the season. That game at Dallas on Sunday night is going to be a big battle. I think Arizona, if they're kind of down to earth by then, that game won't be as tough. And then they close the season as they do seemingly every year against Seattle. But if you look at this schedule, Mm. the the peaks and the valleys in my eyes occur at a very favorable time. And I really think San Francisco, what what changed from this year to last year with this Niners team that went 13-3 and and by all accounts at points during the season looked to be absolutely dominant? Yeah. Well, guess what? Nothing's changed. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. They replaced him with a stud first-round pick in Brandon Ayuk. They lost the Forrest Buckner, replaced him with a stud first-round pick Javon Kinlaw. They lost Joe Staley, replaced him with an absolute behemoth absolutely. of a man in Trent Williams. And John Lynch continues to just work the draft board like a pro. We talk about some coaches playing chess while others play checkers. John Lynch is the queen on the chessboard. He moved back with Tampa Bay, picked up the fourth-round pick, Moved that fourth-round pick to Minnesota. Moved back up into the first round. Got Brandon Ayuk. I mean, 
John Lynch continues to build this team like an absolute behemoth. And I love, I love the schedule. I love the, 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 the talent. I think they're the best and the deepest team in the NFC. And I'm getting them, I think, at a discount. And interesting, remember, we also thought the Saints, who's like the second choice in the NFC, you did not like their schedule, right? No. So if you think that it helps San Fran and hurts New Orleans, maybe that's daylight enough for you to make an NFC championship play or think about them in the futures market. I find that very interesting. And, you know, you mentioned San Francisco gets to go to New York, face both New York teams, but in back-to-back -back weeks. I'm thinking about the Jets, who have some interesting swaggering quirks in that way. They got to go to L.A. twice, right? But they don't get to see the Chargers and the Rams in back-to-back -back weeks. They have to travel there in week six for the Chargers, and then again in week 15 for the Rams. Another interesting quirk of the Jets' schedule for me, I don't know if you saw this, Jared, is right around their bye. Oh, okay, yeah. they have the Dolphins right before their bye. Then they have the Dolphins again right after their bye. I don't know that we've ever seen that before. You ready for the history lesson? And back-to-back -back with a bye in between. You ready for the history lesson? Give it to me. You know when the last time it happened? Tell me. 1958. Wow. That's the last time it happened. And it was quirky then. So back then, the New York Giants faced the Cleveland Browns on the last day of the regular season. Then they had to face each other again the following week because there needed to be a tiebreaker, a one-game playoff, to see playoffs. who faced the Indianapolis Colts in the Super It wasn't the Super Bowl back then. It was the, the NFL Championship. Exactly. The greatest game ever played. So if you choose baseball rules, game 163 counts in the regular season. I'm just going to assume that game 14, it was game 15 at the time, uh, counts in the regular season for the one-game playoff. That's the last time it happened. It happens a lot wild card round. Week sure. 17 to wild card sure, round. That's, that's the, happened a bunch. This is that, in the season around the bye. In season around a bye. It has Never, ever happened. Ever. I don't, I don't get it. The last thing I'll say here, Jared, we only got a couple of minutes left. Also about the Jets schedule, because I know you wanted to look at that. You know, it's interesting. FanDuel is also hanging the line on when will the Jets get their first win, which I think is interesting. Remember, their schedule at Buffalo. So that's a tough one. Then San Francisco, big time team at the Colts. But week four is that Thursday night football game at home where they welcome the Denver Broncos. If I looked at it, that would have been my choice, but that's like the third choice at plus 390. Tell me what you find about the Jets' schedule because I'm trying to figure out their first win. I don't, I don't know if I can find it on the board in the first seven games. There's not a... There's no locks on this schedule. For me, they're that gonna, Thursday night, again, start on time. it's home. Yeah, but here's Thursday the thing, night, though. They're at Indy on Sunday. Yeah. So it's like they got to travel back anyways and play a short week. So it, and I'm curious who Denver faces in that game before in week three. Yeah, I'm looking Denver right now. Week three plays home. home for Tampa Bay. It's the same travel. The, the the Jets have to travel from Indy, and and the Broncos have to travel from Denver. The same day, the same time. It's it, it's really That's a no factor. Where's the this road win? game before the road game before Thursday night makes it a moot point that you're home. Because you still have to travel. So, I tell you what, man. This Jets schedule is absolutely brutal. And you know what the other quirk is with the Dolphins back-to-back -back weeks? In normal circumstances, let's say they played week two, week 15, you'd give them two wins against the Dolphins. Right. Unlike this, in a doubleheader, day, it's basically a day-night doubleheader. You're not going to give the sweep. You're probably going to have a split, whereas the Dolphins might lose, and the, and the Jets never sweep the Dolphins anyway. So even if they did play week two and week 17, I still probably would give it a split. But I'm definitely making that a split now. So I think the Jets lose both games to the Bills. I think they split the Patriots, and I think they split the, the Dolphins.
So that means that they are what that means that they are one and one, oh and two. That means they're two and four in the division, or excuse me, two and three in the division. They're two and three. Did I get that right? No, sorry, two and four in the division. They're right. two and four in the division. So that means that they have to go six and six in their non-divisional games yep. to finish 500. And that's how I lose my under seven. I got it at seven wins. Mm. I don't see them going six and six in their non-divisional games, especially yeah, considering their division is the NFC West, where they're probably going to lose all four. Definitely they're going to lose two. There's no way that they go three and one in the N- against the NFC West. I'm sorry. There's no way. And oh, by the way, they also have to travel to Kansas City and face the defending right. Super Bowl champions. Yeah, and, it is and not easy. People are coming in. This is a brutal schedule. This could be the toughest schedule in the NFL. It very Remember, well we talked about opponent winning percentage, and we do know that those AFC East teams do have a tough schedule based on the divisional rotation. We've talked about the Arizona Cardinals, who we think are behind the eight ball in a couple of places, and we think, you know, the Raiders getting all these teams coming prime time into Vegas and some others are, uh, you know, good spots. Four teams. I'll tell you one thing that's for damn sure is that next weekend we'll be here to talk about it some more. So for my man, Jared Smith, I am Dane Martinez. And, you know, this has been another edition of In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. Next week, we'll have more to talk about. We'll have live sports to maybe even start to preview. NASCAR on the way back. NBA, MLS starting to practice. We'll have news on a Major League Baseball proposal. And we'll start to put meat on the bone on previewing some of these teams and when we may see sports we are not that far away from it but until then dane and jared will be holding you down in your quarantine times giving you a little bit of lean to make some money i hope you found some in the last two hours we'll be here again next weekend hope you will too it's in game live right here on sports grid SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews 
with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.